let's first just talk about uh, Donald Trump came to the UK. There was a state visit to Britain, Mike. Trump arrives uh, to much protest and fanfare. Uh, he seemed to be the media loved Donald Trump uh, on this visit, Mike. They loved the white collar, penguin tails, uh, lots of uh, royal engagements with uh, the Queen and the Prince of Wales and so forth. Melania looked uh, as glamorous as ever, etc. And then there was this press conference with Theresa May, the, uh, I guess you could call her a lame duck of sorts, Prime Minister and Donald Trump. And the issue of trade came up. And, well, we're going to play this clip right now. This is from that press conference. And then we'll talk about it afterwards. Donald Trump made a kind of a gaffe here. But was it a gaffe? Uh, or did he actually inadvertently uh, stumble upon something without realizing it or wanting to? And again, this feeds into my uh, old thesis, Mike, the magic of Trump, which is not to be confused with the QAnon's latent genius of Trump. No, this is the magic of Trump, just to re-explain the, the theory. The magic of Trump is that through Trump's mistakes and bumbling around and tripping over things and like a bull in a china shop, not knowing what he's doing, he inadvertently exposes all sorts of things that people would have otherwise uh, not noticed or would have been covered up by the sort of the normal bureaucracy and the way business as usual, as they say. So let's, let's listen to this uh, clip right here. Do you agree with your ambassador that the entire economy needs to be on the table in a future trade talk, a trade deal, including the NHS? Look, I think everything with the trade deal is on the table. When, you, when you're dealing in trade, everything's on the table. So NHS or anything else. Right, Mike. What do you think of that? Uh, I'm not certainly knew what NHS meant. This is a good point. This is a good point. Does Donald Trump know what NHS means? I, I think he, he, he would have very little concept uh, of the way uh, the British health system works or the uh, implications of any suggestion of U.S. companies get involved, getting involved in the NHS, he wouldn't have any idea what the political implications would be for that in the U.K. Are you suggesting that the President of the United States stood there on a stage in front of the world's press with the British Prime Minister and bullshitted his way through a question? I'm not certain he knows where Britain is. <laughs> well, he managed to find his way. No, here. no, no. He was flown over here in Air Force One. He didn't have so to. He didn't, didn't have to read a map. He didn't have to do anything, no. did he? <laughs> so anyway, so does Donald Trump know what the NHS is? He probably does after the press conference. I'm sure, maybe, hopefully, I, I would like to think his aides explained to him what the NHS was after he then committed the NHS to being carved up um, and privatized in a bilateral trade deal with Britain. <laughs> so. But, Mike, he inadvertently exposed a real issue that the media doesn't like talking about, which is the privatization, the ongoing privatization of the NHS. It's a very real thing, isn't it? Well, it is. And the reason the media doesn't like talking about it is because it is a real thing and uh, they're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, so, you know, uh, what is happening is that the uh, – NHS, which is supposedly free at the point of delivery for, you know, health care is supposed to be free at the point of delivery for, for every British citizen, um, is being hollowed out from the inside. Um, and uh, this department is being outsourced and that department is being outsourced. And of course, who, who are these departments being outsourced and, and uh, aspects of, of health care being outsourced to? Well, big corporations like uh, Virgin Care is, is a big 
healthcare provider in the UK, but there's U.S. companies involved in this as well, absolutely. U.S. pharmaceutical companies involved. The U.S. insurance companies haven't got into this country yet, and that's what they really want to have happen. They want the insurance companies in. And actually, what is being done to the NHS, it's quite clever in a sense because they are they, they will still maintain the brand of the NHS. They will still maintain the idea that it's free at the point of delivery. Um, but the NHS will effectively become an insurance management organization, a health insurance management organization, rather than a healthcare provider itself. Mm-hmm. So other private companies will be providing the health care, and that's increasingly happening already. Well, that's, a, that, that's getting towards a U.S.-style system. Right. It'll probably start off with co-payments, which are sort of small payments each time you, you see the doctor. So they're already – well, they're already talking about this. Not not co-payments in the sense of you go and you pay at the to the, pay the doctor directly because the NHS will always be free at the point of delivery. What they're talking about already is that uh, there's not enough tax revenue to cover – the cost of the NHS, and as the costs rise, as more and more of this private enterprise comes into the NHS, um, the tax burden of the NHS is going to increase. So they're talking about supplemental uh, payments on top. So it might only be an extra £10 a year. Start off with that, maybe it'll become £20 a year, and then before you know it, it's £1,000 a year. Sounds like the council tax. Right, exactly. It's exactly that type of thing, just an extra little uh, supplementary payment that you make to support the National Health Service. You couldn't begrudge that because it's such an important part of our lives, could you? Sure, sure. So what's people need to understand how big the healthcare providers are and the insurance companies are in America. The medical industrial complex in America is something crazy, Mike. It's like, I don't know, I've, I've seen stats as high as 20% of the gross national uh, product of the GDP of the U.S. is health healthcare. So this is this is is big, or I don't know, bigger than the military, uh, possibly uh, domestically anyway. So it's huge. So it dwarfs you know, a number of other industries. So they have a lot of capital. There's a lot of capabilities, a lot of finance. They have the ability to basically colonize economically, colonize a country like Britain. Certainly, smaller countries uh, that this could happen to as well. Small country like Ireland could get scooped up quite easily. Number of European countries as well. So they do have the the cash. They have the money. They have the leverage. They're public. Some of these are publicly traded companies as well. Some of them are private. So there's there's a mixture of many players in the business. But certainly they're looking at looking at the assets uh, on this side of the Atlantic and thinking, wow, I'd like to get in there and. Uh, much much the way like the defense industry has, Mike, uh, the American, uh, the big defense players in the American side, they, they've really got their hooks in to the European uh, military industrial complex in a big way. So that, that, that's something to, to look out for. So again, there's Trump right in the middle of it, and uh, he's a gaffe machine. He's an absolute gaffe machine. But with his gaffes, with his gaffes, sometimes important things become exposed inadvertently. So it's the magic of Trump. It's not good magic all the time, but in the end, (laughs) people confuse the magic of Trump with the QAnons, um, the genius of Trump, the 5D chess. Well, you've also got to you've also got to applaud the genius of the mainstream media, though, because, uh, you know, all these uh, there are 100,000 issues with this potential future trade deal with the United States. Um, And uh, what's the focus of the mainstream media? Is it the NHS? Is it uh, defense? What is it? 
Well, the, the on trade? It's chlorinated chicken. That's the only thing oh, that matters. Yes. It's the only thing that matters uh, with respect to the U.S. trade deal, that it opens us up to chlorinated chicken. And that came out in a big story this week, it's, right? it's been It's been in every... Uh, any discussion of a trade deal with the United States, the discussion is about chlorinated chicken. If you look at the protests, not that they were massive, but the protests when Trump was here had people dressed up as chlorinated chickens. What was the other issue that was similar to that? There was chlorinated chickens and there was another one. It was ag, ag food or something oh, industry. But yeah, chlorine, so people were dressed up in chicken suits. Right, right. and it's the only thing the media talks about. So they, 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 they narrow the discussion down to that single issue. That's the only issue that matters with respect to trade and the United States. Forget the NHS, forget the military, forget anything else, just chlorinated chicken. Just gaslight the chickens, right? Yes. Gaslight the chickens. So, yeah, chlorinated chickens, you know, we've got that. We've got all sorts of good things uh, in our food industry in America that are not very healthy. Not very healthy, I'm telling you right now. So uh, how many UK supermarkets, well, by the well, way? In, are fair, in by fairness, that's, that's why you've got such a burgeoning healthcare sector because your food is crap. That's right. That's right. So so what about Tesco, Sainsbury's, and have, have the U.S. – Supermarket chains uh, bought uh, shares. I, I I do think they're making inroads. Don't know. I, I believe know I believe they have. I believe they have. So anyway, the U.S. takeover, corporate takeover of Britain. Uh, certainly, that's that's on the cards uh, with with a with a Brexit and a strong bilateral transatlantic trade deal. Um, it's yeah. I think that's definitely on the cards. Whoever's got the most cash is going to to buy out the weaker parties. So, yeah, look, look I, I'm going to just suggest this once again. I'm not saying this is 100% what's going on, but I've believed for a very long time that uh, one of the one of the, the, the sort of uh, pivots that will come out of Brexit uh, is uh, something which looks very, very like TTIP, that TTIP failed just as the TPP failed. These big uh, multinational trade agreements failed. Uh, they couldn't get them passed. People, people just wouldn't accept them, uh, and uh, so if we look, for example, at, at the if we take the analogy of EU Defence Union, the way that that is being established is being established by building up bilateral and multilateral uh, defence agreements first, and then at, in the not too distant future, those are going to be merged together into one big EU Defence Union agreement. This, I believe, because they couldn't get TTIP through. They didn't drop that policy. It hasn't gone anywhere. Britain's going to be at the centre of a trade deal with the EU as part of the future relationship that comes out of Brexit and a trade deal with the United States as part of the future relationship with the US that comes out of Brexit because it's going to open up that opportunity. And before you know it, we're going to have something that looks very, very like TTIP. Right. So it's a different. So if you look at the analogy, it would be TTIP would be like a mesh and uh, this, this agreement, this thing we're talking about is sort of multiple pillars, let's say multiple pillars or pipelines, as it were, right. a couple of major pipelines that connect you with more, more, uh, more multiple countries. It's going to look, it's going to end up looking so very similar to what they had planned for, for TTIP. Mm-hmm. And they have CETA with Canada, right. this, this sort of trade, is that, is that kind of a, a model? Uh, for what the U.S. and Britain might be might be uh, putting together. Well, we have to wait and see exactly what it's going to look like. But but um, I think if you if you look at the documentation for TTIP and whatever comes out in the future from all these agreements, uh, I think we might find that it looks very 
similar. And if the North American Free Trade Agreement uh, gets restructured, uh, Canada, Mexico, the United States, Central America, then if Britain taps into the U.S., they tap into a new NAFTA. Very similar to the EU arrangement, right? Well, indeed. So uh, if there's an economic calamity, if there's a major catastrophe economically, if the, the euro the euro comes under attack and fails miserably, uh, then Britain has created, a, what, how would you call it, a bulkhead against uh, that sort of damage economically by not attaching itself as closely to Europe, maybe. It could weather the storm of a of a of a major I, I don't think, eurozone co- collapse. What do you think? I I think uh, I think that if there's any kind of eurozone collapse, the, the implications for everybody are are pretty serious. Or if there's a dollar collapse, or even if even if there's a sterling collapse, uh, the implications are serious for everybody else. Uh, we're so intertwined and increasingly so mm-hmm. uh, that nobody can escape. Yeah, interesting. It's very interesting times ahead. at your job whether boss or just a clerk if you on the job right now quit your surfing back to work fool 